G'day guys, welcome to another episode of COVID Convos where we have real conversations with real people about what wellbeing looks like in a pandemic. A uh, couple of real people here with me uh, as always. Kesh, how are you mate? Doing real man. Excellent. Simon, <laughs> alright there? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks Griggsy. Good to see you guys. Excellent to, uh, to have everyone with us and very excited to, about today's episode because we've got Florine joining us from Beijing, China, I believe. Florine, do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Thank you for the invite. Excellent to have you with us. And um, just to kick us off, Florine, do you want to give us a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a background about what you would like people to know about you? Um. I'm a Dutch MYP humanities educator living in Beijing. This is our eighth week, at the, we're at the end of the eighth week of online learning. And um, yeah, I'm in Beijing. Excellent. So that's, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, interesting thing or things that interest me about, um, about living in Beijing right now. So do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your experience since, I guess, the start of um, the coronavirus outbreak, uh, I guess, December, January? Yeah, so um, the Chinese New Year break was on. So um, my school was off at that time. So uh, me and my partner decided to go to the Netherlands for vacation uh, because we hadn't seen uh, our families for quite a while. So we were there. And then uh, we heard about the outbreak and for a very long time it was unsure what was going to happen with the schools and whether or not um, we could go back or we couldn't go back. So um, at one point uh, we got to the end of the break and the school had said we're not opening until I think it was March. So then um, me and my partner decided, okay, we're going to stay in the Netherlands uh, for a variety of reasons. But one, the most important was that my partner wasn't feeling very well. So um, uh, she had a cough and stuff like that. No fever, thankfully. But um, so we, we decided to stay and, and we st stayed in the Netherlands for about five weeks. And we were seeing what was happening uh, in Beijing. And then we decided, okay, we're going to go back because we missed home. Uh, I was teaching in a different time zone and it was getting very complicated. So we figured, okay, we want to be home. We want to be back. We want to be in our own apartment, regardless of whether or not we have to go into quarantine, which we did two weeks uh, without leaving the apartment. But it's been wonderful being back. And Beijing is sl slowly going back to normal. And we've been to the store. Everyone is still wearing face masks, but it's it's... It's a little more relaxed right now, and we are very happy to be back. Um, thanks, Florina. Just wondering what um, what do you expect is going to happen over the next. You said you're at the end of your eighth week, I think, of this sort of cycle or, or process. But what do you think is going to happen over the next week or two? I know it's hard to predict. If it's anything like where we are, it changes every hour. But yeah, what do you what do you expect is going to happen over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, it's a really good question. In terms of expectations. I don't really have any because I we have been in this situation for well eight weeks now and every single time it's it's changed or it's it's unclear and it's also I mean 
it, it, it's, it's what the government tells us and, and they are trying to protect their people and we have to listen and I think that's very important. So the school is trying to be as clear as possible to its teachers, but um, I, I, I don't know, I must tell you, I really don't know. We're going into a break now, the, uh, a spring break, which is very, very welcome <laughs> to be off the screen for a little bit and especially for the children, but I, I really don't know. Um, I'm going to be a little bit selfish. Uh, it's really funny hearing you talk because it's kind of like you're from the future a little bit. <laughs> um, so Australia still hasn't really gotten this act together. You know, a couple of our states have closed their schools just recently. Um, we're talking to a friend of ours from the Philippines. They've been in lockdown for about two weeks now. Grigsy's been in lockdown for about two weeks now. Um, and, you know, as Grigsy will tell you, it's starting to get to the point where he's starting to feel it. Having kind of been through this process now for about eight weeks of online education, I'm really curious, how have you handled that? You know, how are you taking care of your well-being? Um, what's, what's been that, what's that experience been like for you? It's, I must say it was really hard in the beginning. And, and um, yesterday I had a, a, a virtual summit with other teachers from around the world, just like you guys, very different uh, places that they were in, in their, in their lockdown or in their online learning. And they were all saying it's really, really hard. And I, I felt the same connection with them in terms of that, that in the beginning, it was just, you have no idea. You really don't know what's happening. You don't know how long it's going to take. And you are basically in, in limbo. And especially because we were in the Netherlands and we wanted to go back home, but it was so unsure. Everything was on, on lockdown here. So we, we were unsure of what the situation was like. So what we tried to do, and we were very, uh, very fortunate, I mean, uh, we were in the Netherlands and we were able to stay in, in Utrecht, our, our hometown, I guess, and in an apartment that was just for the two of us. So we tried to do yoga every, every morning, 10 minutes, make sure that we do it, to make sure that we start the day relaxed. And 30 minutes of exercise in the afternoon, because we, you're just behind your computer. And for me as a teacher, that, that, that's unimaginable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested with the um, the routine that you had. So you were teaching, obviously, in Chinese time but while you were still living in, in the Netherlands. And correct me if I'm wrong, the time difference is rough, would have been roughly six or seven hours. Yeah. How did that How did that day sort of look for you? You were you would have been waking up quite early, maybe even maybe even through the night to teach. Yeah, just interested to hear about that. Well, in the beginning, we were doing mostly um, asynchronous teaching. So because we didn't want to, we, we didn't know how long this was going to take. We didn't know what, what to expect, really. So and, and teachers were just overwhelmed with what do we do? What are we going to do right now? We have to teach online to and my students are sixth and seventh graders. They, they need to move. They need to be able to talk to their friends. So we were trying to set that up. So in, in the first portion of of the online learning, it was mostly asynchronous. So I would be able to start at a regular time, like seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning for Dutch time, and then making sure to uh, reply to all the notifications that I've gotten from, from all my students. Um, and then once uh, the school asked, okay, I would like you to do live lessons, so synchronous teaching, it got a little bit more complicated, but then we decided to move back to Beijing and now I'm teaching regular hours. I want to dig even deeper into that. So 
having played with that online space for a little bit longer now, has there been any new tools or tricks or, you know, any tips that you can give educators that are just entering into that space? Because a lot of people are trying to navigate it for the first time. Um, is there any, anything really interesting come out of it? Um, well, there's, my school been, has, has done a wonderful job at teaching us and, and giving us uh, basically every single day we had professional development on one or two tools that we could use in our classroom. But the most important thing is, is do what you're comfortable with. Don't start doing a whole new thing if you already have something that um, that you had used in your classroom before like we were using teams so we, we we all still use teams in order to make sure that the kids know what they're getting into mm. and 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 cut down on what uh, cut down your expectations like especially in the first two weeks don't expect to do anything much related to content you want to have that connection with the students and make sure okay you see me, I see you, I hear you, what's going on? And if you're frustrated, I understand that, that's okay. Don't worry about the assignment, make sure you're not stressed. And, and let's move on, but because they, they're gonna be stressed in those, four, in those first two weeks and, 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 and that's something we all have to deal with as teachers and it's frustrating. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Simon, because this is a little bit in your wheelhouse, but this idea of kind of keeping things simple um, I think people are going, oh, we've got to get online and we've got to do all of this stuff. But what you've kind of pointed out there is, you know, stick to what you know and do it well. And the most important thing is to just take care of the kids um, mm -hmm. and the rest kind of follows. But you got anything to add on that? Good pick up, Kesh. Um, always looking for the simple, mate. Um, yeah, I think um, that was a really interesting question too and really valuable, I think, for um, a lot of our friends and my wife who's a teacher about to go into, I think, that sort of phase. So um, I know she, for example, is trying really hard to make sure it's sort of a seamless transition and, and the kids don't miss out um, um, and are getting the most out of out of the, the situation. But I suppose I've been trying to help her uh, yeah focus on on what's important and what what she can do and it's going to be a steep curve so interesting to hear from you that it's that two week sort of time frame um and yeah i think that um in any sort of big change like that i think um acceptance is a is a good uh good tool to use um that you know it's going to be quite hectic and um you can only do what you can do and um if you've got good intentions and and that'll come through and and also looking after, as you said, the, or, or having as your, your primary focus, the, the well-being of the students, I think, because if um, they're not, um, or if they're suffering, then um, yeah, they're not gonna do good work. It's gonna make teacher's job even harder, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, another good bit of advice. Florine, I'm interested with the, the idea of, um, you mentioned at the start about uh, sort of considering, correct me if I'm wrong, but considering China as your home now, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How long did it take? Because obviously you've you've been living there for a while now. How long did it take for you to feel like China was home compared to the Netherlands? Um, well, I have an international background, so uh, I am used to be to live in another country, and then considering that my home, and I, um, yeah, and I loved that for my childhood. So that's why we moved abroad. And um, I don't know, I think it, it became home when, when I was, um, I decorated the apartment and I had some stuff that is really important to us and just a small, 
um, we have they have this painting that we got on a um, on a on a trip and 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 that that just it's really important to us and we brought it and it's one or two uh, one or two of the paintings that we have up and that that brings us right at home and of course being here with my partner that also helps because um, together we we can create a home but I think it's the the fact that I have the background of having lived in other countries that helps me settle a little faster. I could imagine that that sort of backgrounds or experience would be useful in this situation too, Florin, with the unusual sort of, um, you know, crazy sort of time. Um, well, basically, basically it's like having the skills to be able to deal with uncertainty, right? Mm. Adapt and thrive in that. Mm. Yeah, no. I think that, sorry. I think that's true, but it's also, this situation is, it is, a little more extreme of course and especially because we were in the Netherlands and the Netherlands wasn't necessarily dealing with the situation yet it was mostly focused on China that that really created that uncertainty and it was so much uncertainty that you that I didn't know where to what to hold on to at, at, at some point but um, returning back has given me so much uh, has has put me completely at ease and and I know now I am here and it's good and whatever comes out of me I can deal with because this is home and and the Netherlands is where we were on vacation we were there for two weeks and 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 that was wonderful and being able to see my friends and family for a little longer was of course amazing because you have that time but on the other hand it was very double because I wanted to be home yeah Feel like there's a metaphor of uh, I don't even know if it's a metaphor. It's just a picture in my head, <laughs> uh, but of a tree that's able to put down roots versus you know something that's just kind of walking along on the ground when a storm hits. Um, there's a huge difference, I think, that people feel. Um, I wish there was a better way to kind of understand how to do that because I, I I can imagine there are so many people now. I, I know I have a friend who is living alone at the moment um, in the city and they chose that for work reasons um, but there's no one around them and their family is in a different state so you know they're not exactly in a home they, they have their apartment um, so yeah I really wonder about that hmm. yeah so Florin you mentioned I think a, a, a painting in particular has been a great sort of source of comfort and grounding for you but have there been any other things that that you've found over your eight weeks or from your um travels and living in different countries that other people might find useful in these times where um you know there is that heightened level of uncertainty and um people you know are going to be spending a lot of time in homes or in their in their homes so just anything that you've found that might make those experiences a bit more um comfortable for people i suppose that's a, that's a really good question but i think what um and and of course that right now is not uh possible but when people came uh, came over here and, and and visited us here or visited in the other places you can share your experience and say oh you know when we went to that place that is where i'm going right now but in this situation i think sharing is the most important even though you might be in the same situation uh, my situation is different from yours even though we're still stuck at home 
talking about what you're feeling and talking about the things that you did during the day. Like me and my family, when my partner and I went into quarantine, I vlogged uh, every single day, just like two minutes, just to, to tell my parents and my, my siblings, oh, this is what I'm doing. And right now we're really happy. And the next day we're really bored. And then <laughs> they, all they all started doing that as well. And, yeah. and I mean, my siblings are all in the Netherlands and my parents are in Germany. So it's just, it's a nice way to connect with each other. And you don't necessarily have to take the time to um, call, but at least you can see each other and you can hear each other instead of all doing it through text and yeah. connecting in that way and sharing your experiences and maybe showing what the weather is like or showing what painting you made or the drawing someone made, it just makes you feel more connected with each other. And you can refer back to that saying, oh, you remember that, what I did there? I'm doing that now. <laughs> what, what was the two weeks, you mentioned the two weeks of quarantine. Like, I guess we're interested because I've had a very different experience here of, of I guess the severity of things, uh, government policies being implemented compared to Australia, which is, is it's been a bit more relaxed. So I'm just interested, what what did quarantine actually look like? Um, so it was two weeks. Uh, we uh, we landed in Beijing, and then we were we went into the apartment, and two weeks later we went out so we weren't allowed to leave the apartment so it was strict quarantine 14 days to make sure that um, the virus uh, wouldn't show itself at one point and we have an incredible community here so we were helped by many different people with groceries with food with little pieces of cake it was it was amazing how uh, how well uh, we were helped and it, it's, it's been very easy actually and Especially in the last couple of days, of course, we were like, oh my God, we need to walk more than five meters. This is going, we're getting crazy. The first day we were out, we were running, we were doing all kinds of exercise. But the first weekend we were very relaxed. We were like, we don't have that pressure of having to go outside because the weather is so beautiful. Um, sometimes it, it, the, the AQI can be quite high, so then you don't want to go outside. But then when you have that beautiful day, um, we both have the urge and the need and really we feel like we have to go outside and when that's completely taken away we're just like okay I guess I'll read a book or I'll bullet journal or I'll make a puzzle and that really gave a really a big sense of relief for both of us we were very relaxed about it that's great it sounds like a sort of a forced pause on life doesn't it that you don't get at all yeah. really um other than situations like this, I suppose. But again, I'm hearing about that acceptance um, um, tool, I suppose, there for Lorraine, that, that, um, which I think um, some people find easier than others. Um, but I think it sounds as though the sooner you can get on to that sort of frame of mind, that this is the situation, I'm, I'm in my apartment for two weeks, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, the weather's great, but there'll be good weather in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure, when, when we get out. So. Soon you can get into that sort of frame of mind that maybe the the easier it might be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm not in in I'm not always the best at acceptance, but in this way it was it was so concrete and and so clear. You have to be inside for two weeks. You can be very very angry about it, but yeah, it's it's only two weeks. But and 
many people during the time that we were in the Netherlands said, ah, oh, it will be okay, uh, just accept and go with the flow and, and see what happens. And that wasn't very easy for me. Uh, that go with the flow, that, that only happened when we really went back to Beijing. And so how has it changed then for the, the first two weeks where you're in full quarantine? So then you came out of that and I think it must have been about a six-week period now where you've been living in those sort of arrangements where you've been home most of the time but you've been able to go outside um, to get some groceries or to run around the block or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah pretty similar to sort of where we're at at the moment and I think what Griggsy's experienced over in um, Belgium as well. I think it's a little, little more relaxed here because well, not, not as much, but um, I, I slowly uh, restaurants and, 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 and places are opening, but it's all mostly still takeouts. You're not really allowed to sit down and stuff. That is slowly changing, but, but very slowly. And yeah, I mean, we don't go out much because work is at home. So you have to be at home or you, yeah. So yeah not much changes from the fact that you are in full quarantine except for the fact that yes you can go out and that is very very nice and you can see people outside and you can say hi to them and stuff like that mm -hmm. so that's that that human contact is also very nice yeah well good good to hear that there sounds like some normality coming back whatever normality means these days but um and restaurants opening but that's definitely um uh stricted in to where we are in australia at the moment at least there's um uh, well, not not open for eating in, but for for takeaway restaurants and those sort of things are open. So, yeah, yeah sounds as though there was a went an extra couple of extra measures over in China. Yeah. Well, Florin, we're getting to the uh, I guess to the to the end of our time. I was just wondering before we let you get back to your day and um, and enjoy, I guess whatever you've got planned. Um, what uh, or was there anything that you would like to share with us that we haven't yet uh, had the opportunity to touch on? Um, I think as a teacher, um, as a, something to other teachers is that you are doing enough and, and, and less is more what I learned from my conference yesterday. And that is the most important thing to keep in mind. You don't want to overflow yourself or overflow your students. And I guess that's also for other people, less is more. You don't have to do all the things that you expect of yourself if you try to, yeah, lower your expectations a little bit and try to go with the flow, even though I know I couldn't in the beginning, that uh, that will eventually help you. Mm. And I just want to acknowledge something that you said at the beginning of Florine, um, around doing your little vlog every day um, and you know we've chosen to do the COVID combos but I think there's something really important there that could be made more explicit which is to prevent overflowing it's important to take something to express what you're going through we're all going through a, a very emotional time and finding some outlet to get those emotions out and if you can do that in a way that connects with others and shares that with others um, I'm definitely better off for it and you sound better off for it. So I think that that could be a valuable thing right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Florine. And um, I must also take this opportunity to thank um, uh, Sandra, who was nice enough to connect us. So thank you to both of you uh, for the effort that you've put into being a part of today's show. Thank you. It was wonderful.
Well, that's it for today, guys. And um, as always, we request that you uh, share, like, and subscribe. And in the meantime, you stay classy, San Diego. I mean, you stay healthy, world.